0: Hey, hope you had a nice weekend. It's Amelia Mosley here with a BTN news update for Monday the 27th of May. Let's get into it. Anyone who's played video games knows they can be a little addictive. I play Creative Destruction, which is like Fortnite. I play a game called Diablo with my dad sometimes, but I mostly play Overwatch. Um, on the weekends, I usually play one or two hours, maybe. So I'm only allowed to play, play on the weekends, but then on the weekends I play majority of the time. Playing that much probably isn't a problem, but for some people, gaming addiction is a real issue, so much so that the World Health Organisation, or WHO, has just officially added video game addiction or video game disorder to its international disease register. The WHO says that someone might have gaming disorder when playing has a significant impact on how they live their lives like they might miss out on important things like going to school, socialising or sleeping. Experts say that playing games can release a chemical in our brains called dopamine that makes us feel happy. But that feeling can be addictive, and it can lead to adults and kids playing for up to 40 hours a week. The disease register doesn't have an effect on laws. It just identifies disorders for research or treatment purposes. And experts say we need to spend more time looking into what gaming addiction really is and how we should deal with it. So what do you think? I think lots of people aren't and hopefully it stays that way. But I think it's coming more and more common with games getting more addictive and things. I think it can be looked at in a different way. People, a lot of the time, are straight away shutting down video games because they're saying, oh, you can't play it because you'll get addicted, you'll get violent because of it. I think it's a thing, but it's just taken in a different way than it should be. I don't think you'd be able to, like, suddenly stop playing games altogether. But Maybe if you slowly get, like, less and less each day, you might be able to stop. Now that the election's over, there are some big changes happening in Aussie politics. PM Scott Morrison has just announced his new ministry. That's the group of pollies that help run the country by looking after certain areas called portfolios, you know, like health, transport and education. A record seven women have been given portfolios, including Bridget McKenzie, who is the first woman to be Agriculture Minister. Meanwhile, Ken Wyatt is now the first Indigenous Australian to be named the Minister for Indigenous Affairs. And when it comes to Labor now, Anthony Albanese will be the new leader of the party, after being the only polly to actually put up his hand for the job. How would you feel about riding in a train that doesn't have a driver? Well hey, you might have already done that, because Sydney has just launched Australia's first driverless trains. Today was the first big test in peak hour, and it was mostly a smooth ride. The only hiccup was when one train did overshoot the platform by about a metre. But experts say, like with anything, teething problems are to be expected, and this might just be a glimpse into the future of Australia's transport system. Now this, my friends, is, well, just listen. It's the sound of a deer, or at least a very good imitation. That's the whole idea of the European Stag Callers Championships, held in a big green field in Belarus. 39 stag calling enthusiasts compete to make the best deer sounds using horns and pipes and whatever they can find, really. They're given points by judges that sit behind the stage so they can really focus on the sounds and not what the caller looks like. And making specific deer sounds is clearly quite the skill. It's one hunters have used for centuries to lure animals closer to them to, um, well, kill them. But don't worry, in this comp, it's mostly for sport, although I bet the deer in the surrounding forest are very confused right now. And finally, depending on your fear level, you may or may not find this last celebration fun. It's Peruvian Clown Day. Hundreds of colourful, quirky, face-painted characters get together and sing and dance and march through the streets. Peru's been celebrating the traditional kids' entertainers since 2006, and it's all in honour of a famous Peruvian clown who died in the 1980s, which almost makes this whole thing even more creepy. Well, that's the news for today, but don't you worry. I'll be back with more tomorrow. Speak to you then.